Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good morning and thank you for joining us today for Live Dharma Sunday. Please note that if you have called in to listen to today's broadcast, that all lines have been placed on mute to avoid background interference. If you're listening from any of our Bright Dawn sites, Note that it is not necessary to call in. You may have to wait a second or two for the loading and buffering process to complete, but if there is still no audio, please refresh your page. For more information about Bright Dawn and its activities and links to our social media sites, please visit brightdawn.org. Once again, thank you for listening to Live Dharma Sunday and enjoy the talk. Okay. Uh, 
I made, I, so I said to myself, oh, yeah, I think I'll, I'll you know, remember to, to use these. I started to remember some of the old parables that I used to use for memorial services or other occasion, occasions, different services. And I said, yeah, I should. Sometimes you just get tired of using it and you move on. Okay. But they're good. Okay. So I want to share that with you since I've been thinking about this. The parable of the precious gems. Okay. <clears throat> there were some travelers, and they were traveling across the countryside on their horses, and it was nighttime. There was a full moon out, and they came to a stream. So they dismounted, and they watered uh, the, watered their horses, and uh, it was nighttime. But, uh, but they heard a voice, and the voice said, Pick up some of the colored pebbles on the stream bottom. I said, oh. So they did. They, they all reached down and put some colored pebbles into their pocket. And being in a hurry to continue on their journey, they set off. Now, imagine their surprise when at dawn's early light, they looked at these colored pebbles, and they were not colored pebbles. They were precious gems, sapphires, emerald green, and um, uh, blue sapphire, diamonds, rubies, red rubies, you know. And they said, wow, gee, <laughs> that voice, you know, uh, if Ufe had known that these were really precious gems, we would have gotten more last night. Uh, but they sure were grateful for the ones that they had. Now, our everyday life with our family, co-workers, friends, we have all kinds of experiences, and they get stored in our memory, right? These are, you know, good times, uh, you know, all kinds of times. In other words, ordinary colored pebbles. Okay. Now, when that person particular person dies, all these, what what we considered colored pebbles, not much value, you know, kind of pretty, but they all turned into precious gems when we think about our past loved ones that have gone on ahead. So, wow, you know. Um, and so the moral, of course, is we should be a little bit more aware. It's probably... Very difficult to, you know, uh, live a completely absolute life in a relative world, but uh, we should know that that's our North Star, that we should appreciate every moment we're alive. We should get up in the morning and say, man, this is a precious day, you know, uh, as much as we can to to deepen and widen our our awareness our focus, our attention on the preciousness of life, preciousness of sharing life together. Well, all right. Hey, that's pretty deep stuff. <laughs> okay. I want to introduce our guest to give us a Dharma glimpse, Andy Goyo, uh, part of our LM4 group, and he was lives in New Jersey, so it's all yours. Well, thank you, Sensei, and thank you for your 
discussion today. Uh, my 97-year-old mom passed away in May, and she left us many precious, colorful gems. So thank you. <clears throat> so uh, I decided to give a little title to my talk. Uh, this talk is a boring talk. Uh, but it works a little better visually because I'm spelling boring B-O-A-R. And I hope that'll make sense soon. So I enjoy lathering up each morning before I shave with a brush and shaving soap. I do not like canned aerosols, shaving cream, because both of the feel and for the environment. In general, I try to be both ecologically attentive and aware of what I do to various animals. In an effort to reduce my use of plastics on razors, last year I bought an all-metal and really cool-looking double-edged razor with absolutely no plastic in the razor or the blades. After trying for months to get a handle of the right angle, I still mangled my face many times. The last one, reasonably large, probably large enough for a skin graft to somebody who needed some. So back to the safety razors and fewer trips to salvage my face. But the truth is, the best shaving brushes are made of boar's hairs. And I have won from many, many years ago, long before I began my Buddhist study, and it is still excellent. So, of course, I've gone online to find and purchase the best synthetic bristle brushes. And each time conclude why everyone says boar's hairs are the best. Of course, I rationalized that I was only using the boar's hairs and wasn't killing it. A related argument about diet goes along the lines that eating a hen's eggs is okay because she's not injured. And the egg isn't a sentient being, whereas when you eat caviar, the fish had to go. Well, when I wrote that, I figured, let me go check. And, of course, did some Internet searching and found someone who has figured out how to milk the eggs from sturgeon. But then many people said it really was a very good caviar. Some more Internet searching led me to see that many people state that the hair from brushes comes only from boars that are killed. But they are killed for their hair. They're killed for their meat and other products and just happen to use the hairs. Or is it that simple? Some websites describe cutting the hair of a live animal, but in ways that are too horrific to describe. But other sites affirm that hair only comes from dead animals, and round and round we go. All right, when I wrote this, I just found another website talking about two different Islamic sects that disagree about whether using boar's hair was permitted or not. So, of course, I went and found a rabbi who wrote, basically, it is not forbidden to benefit from products that come from non-kosher animals, as long as you don't eat them. So even religious leaders have made claims about the hair, whether they use a razor or not. Of course, I'm pretty sure there isn't a question that hasn't led to a religious leader piping in on the nature of the true answer. So, would I kill a bear? Boar, sorry, but I kill a boar to shave it, to make a brush. No. But if a boar is dead, 
especially of natural causes. When someone takes the hair to make a brush, can I use that? Should I believe a website that claims to shave the born humane fashion? Or should I bypass the debate and stick to synthetic, even though the end product is not clearly as effective? On a related note, and I couldn't quite remember from which book, but Thich Nhat Hanh wrote years ago about why not to drink alcohol. It is not simply to avoid muddling one's own brain, because you can drink a single shot of beer and not get drunk. However, if someone buys a single beer and does not get drunk or even buzzed, the purchase supports an entire industry that preys upon and is supported by many people who overdrink and misbehave in horrendous and harmful ways, including killing many people in the process. Your single drink also models that drinking is okay to others, including children, who do not have your drinking style. As a vegetarian, I was interested that Burger King recently came out with the Impossible Burger. And uh, advertising was kind of fun to watch because people are just amazed you can make something reasonably tasty without real meat. But there are already interesting articles about whether it's truly healthier or not. It does have a ton of salt in it. And while most analyses online offer strong support for environmental benefits in comparison to using beef, there are some detractors that talk about the long-term disastrous effects related to deforestation to produce more soy. All of this helps remind me that nothing is mundane, including my shaving brush. Everything is miraculous and tied to everything and everyone else. I don't need to worry about whether my choices will impact some rebirth. The complications within this lifetime were more than enough for me to be continuously thoughtful about my impact of my choices here in this world. The Buddha cautioned us spending too much time arguing about trivia. Does your action lead to a better world, a happier life for you and those around you, those you interact with? Of course we need dialogue, but I knew too many people who love the sound of their own voice much more than any words said from anyone else. Have a good day choosing. Thank you. Yeah, thank you very much.
just the the awareness of well, I remember I used to ask my dad. I was a college student, and so I asked my my dad, and I said, uh, you know what? Say that. What 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 is Buddhism about? You know. And when someone says that, you, it's sort of like, can you submit your proposal, <laughs> you know, in an elevator, right? Uh, uh, you should you should know how to phrase phrase these things for yourself. I mean, how are you going to say, you know, in 25 words or less? But he said, uh, Buddhism is to know yourself. Uh, and there is a teaching in the Buddhist literature, first know yourself. And in fact, I have a, a shikishi, which is a Japanese uh, sort of a cardboard uh, 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 <clears throat> blank cardboard, which is uh, in, which you paint or do calligraphy on these on these boards, uh, thin cardboard, and then they they could be put into a hanging frame or something. And this is very common in, in uh, calligraphy work in in uh, traditional Japanese style. So you. So a teacher might write a poem on there or a nice saying on a shikishi, okay, which is just it's shaped square. There's also ones that are more vertically oriented and more narrow and long, but they all could be displayed in some kind of frame or, you know, hung on the wall. And it is said that uh, if you hang a teachings a teacher's calligraphy on your wall, uh, not only the meaning of that teaching, you know, you could read it, but uh, the, the, his writing signifies his presence. And uh, that's what's nice about calligraphy uh, because it is individually expression. It's not like typewriting something or printing something. Uh, it's It's an artistic form, of course, calligraphy. Um, so, but in any case, the reason I was just mentioning this is that Reverend Haya Akegarasu, who was my father's teacher, my father had a lot of uh, his artwork, his teacher's artwork. And uh, when my father passed away, you know, I, I kind of inherited a lot of his religious artifacts and everything that was in his office or... Uh, home office and whatnot, and there were some original calligraphy done by his teacher. And there's one on a, uh, done on a shikishi, okay, square piece of the cardboard, uh, that says, first, know yourself. Okay. I don't remember how it's said in Japanese or how it's written in the uh, Chinese written characters, but that's the meaning, okay, first, Know yourself. So I say this just to emphasize, uh, you know, that kind of expression. What does it mean to know oneself? First, know yourself. No, you're trying to, you know, look around for some great teachings. You, you better know yourself first. This means to know who you are as a human being. Know you. Know, know the what might be the 
the purpose of life. Why, why were we born into this life? I mean, in terms of philosophical perspective. Okay. Now, when we think about ourselves, we say, oh, well, I know my preferences, my likes, or whenever we talk about opinions, our values, anything, uh, of course, it all depends on person, place, and time in terms of how we, the value we put on these things or the veracity or, or impact or truth of these things. It depends, of course, on person, place, context, and time. time. <laughs> the process, what is impactful was not impactful, uh, you know, a few years ago when we, when we get older, more experiences. Of course, uh, time goes by and we change. So uh, the impact of things change, person, place, and time, you know. Uh, so this <clears throat> means that uh, when we think about what, who we are, that's a, that's a, we never know who we are, but uh, it's a work in progress all the time. We want to know what direction to face in, okay? Uh, if you know what direction to face in, you could journey. You could take a detour. You could go around in circles. It, you're not in any hurry. Okay? This is your whole life. But you got some kind of purpose, some kind of intention, some, some perspective to live by. And, that, of course, religion is supposed to be one of the ways to provide that. And when I was listening to today's Dharma Grimms, I thought about a, uh, I remembered one time, well, of course it's decades ago, but uh, we were traveling in the country and we came to a, a stop at a country store that sold tools, lawnmowers, and things like this. And I remembered, oh, our, our temple. Uh, Needs a needs a hand mower, and uh, yeah. So I this is in Illinois, and so I, I so I said, well, I'm going to buy a little a hand mower, lawn mower. And there was a young man; he was the clerk, and so he sold sold it to us. And since I was buying it for the church in Illinois, you have a sales tax exemption if it's for nonprofit. And I had the letter, so I showed him the letter, okay? And so he knew this was for a Buddhist organization, okay? And so he he asked me, say, he, you know, he just came out and said, say, uh, you know, the other day I was driving and I, I hit a deer and I killed it. Uh, am I in trouble? I kind of looked at him. I thought, you know, is he putting me on or? But he looked, he, he was sincere. And, uh, well, what I, what I said, and I don't know how useful it is, but I said, well, uh, intention is everything. You know, don't worry about it, okay? Because life, things happen, okay? Uh, even with the best intentions, things are going to happen. This life, you know. So in order for us to live, we have to take from others. 
this is, I think, something to know what underlies one's own existence is a profound, deep, <laughs> deep thing. You know, uh, uh, if you, uh, uh, there's a, a story about whenever, well, there was a farmer, farmer's wife, and she and her whole family, family occupation was, uh, I think, lobsters or crabs, and so she had to boil up crabs, you know. And you can imagine, <laughs> you have to throw these alive crabs into the big pot of boiling water, you know. And this is her family occupation, uh, and uh, in an old style Japan, you this is this is this is the way your life is. You can, it's very hard to you know chuck it and start something new. Okay? In America or in the West, we may not feel realize this, but uh, tr- tr- traditional country, old country, you know, thousands of years old, and uh, you had a, somehow you were born into a family that had a certain kind of occupation, and that's what the, what the next generation continues on, because it's so hard to, to break all these social aspects, okay, of how one, how one makes one's livelihood. Uh, so all she could do was to say to Nembutsu when she threw a crab in. She was aware of it, okay? Because otherwise you might say, hey, don't do it. Okay. Uh, now, Shinran, who is the founder of Jodo Shinshu denomination, uh, Japanese Mahayana Buddhism, uh, uh, in those days, of course, there was more political uh, things mixed up with religion, and so the rulers, if they felt threatened by big temples, you know, temples got strong, you know, they'd, uh, and uh, the, so they were seen as possible threats uh, by the by the rulers, and uh, and so Sinran was exiled, and and uh, he lived among the the villagers in exile. Now, usually, the, 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 the class system, when the society has existed for thousands of years, and, you know, there's a certain certain kind of a caste system. Now, maybe, you know, in some places it's more, more, it's stronger than others, but, okay. Uh, but in this period of time, in the 13th century in Japan, the temples were were powerful, and the priests were powerful. And uh, uh, <clears throat> Buddhism was for the elite. Uh, now, in terms of the social classes, maybe the samurai were on top, and then maybe the, the priests are next, and then there's the merchants, and then on down the line, and the farmers are on the bottom. Uh, in those days, you know, samurai could could kill some poor, poor farmer if he got insulted or something, and you know, <laughs> that's his right. Okay, uh, 
and so the, the 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 temples were, and Buddhism was for the nobles and for the aristocracy and everything in in this culture in the 13th century. And uh, priests had high status. Uh, and Sinan goes to live with the farmers because he was exiled. He learned about life. That uh, these farmers, they had to work hard and maybe in, in cold weather and whatnot. And if they drink hot sake, <laughs> well, you know, they did what they had to do in terms of their style of living to survive. You know, and he could, he understood people a little bit more. And he said, you know, uh, not so judgmental. Okay. Uh, and so his part, part of his movement of power of his spirituality was that uh, he learned, he, he, he brought Buddhism to the people, and it did not remain solely for the nobles and the aristocracy and so forth. He understood the people and he made it relevant for them. And the and, and the impact is, uh, it's not something fancy like, oh, you know, be, uh, gratefulness, uh, uh, saying uh, mealtime grace. Okay, this is something pretty cross-cultural. So you need food to live. Okay, of course, we don't want just food to live. We want, you know, steaks and caviar and stuff. Huh? But still, if we realize that we we have to take lives to live, isn't that a sad thing? Huh? You know, I, when you think about gratitude, oh, thank you for this, oh, thank you for that. That's, that's okay, but in a way, it's self-centered, isn't it? So, uh, you know, even though you're full of gratitude, that's sort of a positive thing. Ah, thank you for this. Oh, thank you, thank you. Oh, oh, thank you, thank you. Well, when you think of that, you had to take lives in order to live. That gratitude is not a happy thing. It has some sorrow in there. You know, gee, you know, I think that kind of, what we might call deep gratitude, it, it involves empathy. Compassion. Compassion is not a fortunate helping out the less fortunate. Calm means communal, common, it's, it's togetherness. Passion are emotions. Compassion means to suffer together. It doesn't mean to to put lend, you know, the powerful lends the weak a helping hand. Says, hey, we're all in this together. Don't you know who you are? <laughs> hey, hey. That's all for today's broadcast. Till next time, keep going and you have a beautiful day. Thank you. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. 
No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.